You're listening to The Contrary Beekeeper Show. I'm Dan. I'm Greg. And I'm James. Join us as we journey into beekeeping while we learn to be the change, one hive at a time. Today we're talking hive basics, how we install packages and nukes, and what we do to get them off to a good start. Let's get after it. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks for uh, giving us another listen. We really appreciate all the support, uh, all the shares on Facebook, uh, all the like and subscribe on iTunes, and all your podcast players. It really means a lot. Uh, With all the feedback that we're getting, one thing that we really want to do a better job of uh, is to provide a basic groundwork of knowledge uh, for folks that are getting started, who are on the fence. Um, A lot of times we talk about the riding a bike analogy is before you can ride a bike, you have a certain mindset about what it's going to be like to ride a bike. Once you start to get a little bit of experience and you learn how to balance and you're riding the bike with training wheels, you get further down the road to where eventually you're taking the training wheels off and you're full on uh, riding the bike and you know jumping ramps and the whole nine yards. Once you get several years into that journey, it's really easy to forget what it was like before you knew those things. And the things that were taking up your, your mental capacity, um, those things that were taking up that mind space, the things that you didn't know, you've then filled that with knowledge and you're moving on to the next things that you didn't know. And it's really easy to kind of uh, just move on and, and and forget all that. So with the podcast, you know, we want to be able to what it's like sharing our experience here locally in Ohio as beginning beekeepers. And we want to be able to, to um, while we're in this early phase, be able to share those experiences um, and that knowledge transition as we go through it. And we thought, you know, it'd, it'd be a really great uh, podcast if we could put together a series of shows, maybe called Hive Basics, where we could dig into specific topics um, with a little more detail. And today we thought it'd be great to go ahead and talk about what it's like installing bees, you know, where to get bees, um, how to install them, and the different methods uh, and management practices doing so. And this year, you know, Dan had established hives, so that might be a little bit different of a transition for him. I started off with no hives, so I had to, I bought nukes and brought them in. And James, you came into the season buying packages. Yes, I did. Talk to us about how you sourced them, um, how you got them to your place, and then about talk to us a little bit about uh, your installation process and what you're doing to get your bees established. Yeah, so um, you know when you're gonna when you're gonna get bees for your your place, you have to think about it a season before, and um, you know so like most you know people who breed bees, they like their deposits down by end of December, beginning of January. So you really want to start searching out in the fall where you're going to buy your bees from. Uh, there's a variety of places online that'll ship to you. Um, there's also a lot of local places. Now, being new to this, I didn't want bees shipped to me online just for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, I like I like to get to know people and get to trust people. Like know where you know, like you know where your food you want to know where your food comes from. I want to know where my bees yeah, come build from. Build that local connection. Exactly. Because, um, you know, when you build that local commu- connection, you build community, you build a, a, a friendship, mentorship. And being new to this, I needed all of that because I had none of it. Yeah. Now, I had you guys, but, you know, we're a couple hours apart from each other. So while it's great to get on the phone and text each other, sometimes it's easier to have someone local to see what's going on right away. Sure. 
so I had joined a uh, local bee club prior to even having bees. Um, and they were great because they, they, they welcomed everyone, you know, whether they had bees or not, you know, from, you know, people who, who were just beginning to experts. And I found out through the club, you know, resources who I can buy bees from. And just so happened to the president of the club also, you know, breeds bees as well. And so I had uh, secured three uh, packages of uh, carnelian bees from him at the end of December of last year to be have them by beginning of May. You know, I know that's a, a, a big difference, but they, they, they need to know, uh, basically. Yeah, they're running a business, too. Yeah. They want to be able to make, uh, make splits and know, you know, going through the winter, coming out of the spring, how many packages they can anticipate making and selling like any other business would like to do. Exactly. So and that's why I did. And, um, you know, I, he just happened to only sell packages, uh, wasn't selling nukes. And, you know, so I mean, I'll let, you know, you get in that later with the nukes. Uh, so I, you know, decided to go with the packages at that point. So you bought three, three pound uh, carnolian packages. Yeah, three, three pound carnolian packages, which uh, doing a little bit of research because I like, what, what's in a pound of bees? What is, how many bees are in a pound? Uh, well, so we're looking at three to four thousand bees per pound. Wow! Uh, so I mean, you can expect around ten thousand bees in a package. Okay. Of uh, a three-pound package. Yeah. And so I got three of those packages. So essentially, I bought thirty thousand bees. Now, uh, with with packages, are a little bit different than nukes here, where uh, they come in these rectangular-shaped um, plastic buses. What they call they call they call them buses, but it's a it's a package. It's a plastic package. Uh, they have, like I said, the three pounds of bees in them, but they have no queen. The queen is on top, which is separate. Um, queen is not related to these bees at all. The queen's in the box along with a, a, a syrup jar, but those bees didn't come from a colony with that queen, so there is no relationship yet. Yeah, there's no maternal relationship yet to the to, to the right. queen here. Right. Uh, so it, it's you know it, you know there's a whole process now that we have to follow. To get them used to each other. Right. So you bought your bees. Um, they were carnolians. They came up from, I think you said, Florida or Georgia. Florida, Georgia, yep. Okay, so they came up. You got them. Um, did you have to go pick them up? Did someone bring them to you? Now, so the guy I got them from gave me the option uh, of picking them up or him bringing them to me. You know, if I was a second-year beekeeper, third-year beekeeper, I he wouldn't even give me the option to, for him to bring them to me. <laughs> No, uh, him, you know, uh, him knowing that this was my first year, and even though it's really easy to install a package, I've never done it before, and he wanted to help me. Yeah. So he said, "Well, if I'm coming over to help you, I'll just bring them to you." I got you. So that's what he did. He he dropped them off to me. Uh, you know, he got all suited up. You know, I got my suit on, and so he kind of he walked through the 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 first the first package with me. You know, and then let me do the the last two packages. Cause it was super super easy. We're about to explain all. Walk that. us through that process of uh, you're suited up. You have your packages. You're out in your bee yard. You're right next to your hives. Walk us through step by step on what you do to uh, install that package. So, like I like I mentioned before, the package is a uh, rectangular shaped uh, plastic container full of three pounds of bees. Uh, inside this container, you have this a tin which is, has sugar water in it. Now the sugar water keeps the bees fed while they're in transport uh, from the location they were put into to your place. 
uh, you have to keep them fed because they die off really quickly when they're not in their own. Right. There's no honey or comb or anything. It's, it's just yeah. the bees, a plastic box, a can of syrup, and the caged queen. Exactly. Because, you know, and I had asked, you know, he said, okay, well, when I finally got the final notice when the bees were going to be here, he said, okay, this is the day they're going to be here. And I said, is there a certain time frame that we have to get these, you know, installed? He says, as soon as possible. The longer you wait, the more of them die. Yeah. And you wait a few days, you can have nothing. Pretty high mortality rate in, the na- in those conditions. Yeah. So that's something you, do, you have to be ready for. We sprayed all four sides down uh, with, with the sugar water. We, we, we knocked all the bees down to the bottom of the cage. That way now we can open up the top of the, of the bee bus without them flying out. Now once we've opened this up, we can pull now pull out the tin of sugar water and the queen cage as well and not have to worry about any bees flying out. Now, once once we you know, pull out the queen cage, that's when we have to pull the cork out of the one side where there's fondant. So on the other side of the cork is enough sh- uh, like a, a fondant for the queen and the few wor- worker bees that are with her to chew through. You know, that should take them a few days to get through, uh, which allows the queen and the rest of the colony to become acclimated to each other. Otherwise, it's not going to be good for the queen. They can kill the queen off right away. Yeah, right away. So you want to give them some, you know, time to get to you know, know each other, get to know each other, sniff each other's butts, you know, that kind right. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you put that queen cage in between two frames, and you, you the middle frames, and two you, middle frames, yep. And you place that to where that pulled cork, that fondant candy, is pointing up, right? Yeah, you you, you want to point it upwards because if you have some of the worker bees die in those few days while they're getting acclimated, you don't want to make it so the queen can't get out and then she dies. I see. Yeah. So you want to make it easy access for her. At this point in your hive, how many frames did you have in there? Well, I mean, at this point, there was only, uh, I think I only had six frames in there at the at the point. Six out of the eight? Out of the eight frames, yeah. You know, you got to leave enough space to to, to knock in the the, re- the remaining of the, of the three pounds of bees. So at that point, you have the, you have her sandwich in the middle there. You kind of, you push the, the frames to the one side of the box. And then at that point, you take your bees that are all kind of still drenched in sugar water, which they'll be fine. They'll they'll recover real fast. Doesn't harm them. You you flip upside down the 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 bee bus, and you just kind of not violently, but really vigorously vigorously shake them into the box. And, and the thing was, don't be scared to shake them in the box because they're not going to come up at you. Yeah, they're still drowned. It's less it, of a shaking and more of a dumping. Uh, and it's more shaking than dumping. Yeah, dumping's not going to get it done. You like you have to vigorously shake them into the box to get them all out of there. So you shake the bees into the box. In that box, in this case, uh, you you were starting off with eight frame boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shook the bees into the box, and then do you yeah. then to set your frames in gently over top of them once you shake them in? Yeah. So now after I sh- I shook them into the onto the one side where I had two missing frames. Gently, I, I I put in the last two frames, uh, and you you know like I said like I said gently, you just want to you know just kind of put not push it in, just kind of let it kind of not drop it in, but let it flow in. If that makes any sense to you? Yeah, as uh, Don the Fat Bee Man told me in his yard, when you put those frames back in, it's, you're rocking the porch swing. You're kind of rocking yeah. those frames gently back in to give all the bees a chance to get out of the way, so you don't kill any of them. Exactly. 
And the last thing you need to want to do is start killing off bees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So setting off the alarm pheromone, that's ends going to end up being a bad day for everybody. So what do you do then? So you have the, the queen's in there. She's secure. The mm-hmm. fork's off. There's a piece of f- candy sugar yep. in between. They're going to get acclimated once they each eat through both sides of it. At that point, they've there's enough time that has gone by to where they accept her pheromone and, and, and the smell of her, and they're ready to get on and have a productive hive. They've got... Um, you know, you have frames at this point with, if you're a beginning beekeeper, it has fresh wax foundation that's not drawn out yet. Right. So, those frames are in there with fresh foundation. Uh, your queen is in there. She's caged. Your bees are in there. You close the lid. Close the lid. And then what did you do from there? What's the next step? You check back in three days. Three two, days. Two to three days, check back on them. I waited three days. Did you add anything to the box? Well, and, and I gave, I did give them, I did give them sugar feed water. Okay, um, yeah. You know, obviously, so they still had, you know, you know, food source. food source. You know, that's what they're used to at this point. I'm not concerned. Not going to cut them off right now. Right, and they can't build uh, any wax unless they've got carbohydrates and food, right. which is what, what the sugar does, right? Now, yeah, now they're fed. You know, you know, you know, you find the best way you can do it. Uh, there's several different ways to add a, add a, uh, a mason jar feeder to a hive. You can do it through the entrance. You can do it through the top lid. Uh, obviously, if you do it through the top lid, you have to cut holes in it just into you know, the correct size. You know, that's a, well, that would be an, another great show topic is uh, do a Hive basic show on woodenware and equipment. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. So now you're, you're, everything's in there. All the bees are in there. The queen's in there. Your frames of foundation is in there. Your lid's on top. In this case, you're using mason jars that are... Uh, directly through your top lid. Yep. And now the bees have feed. Um, they can get to know their queen. They can start drawing out the foundation, drawing out cells to then put more nectar and pollen and things in. Right. Um, and then you what? Uh, you check back in three days to see if they've both eaten through the fondant. Yeah. So you wanna, what you want to do is check back in three days and go right into the middle two frames and check. The, you know, pull the the queen's cage out. Um, you want to see that they've eaten through the fondant and the queen is out of the cage. Yeah. Um, so what I, you know, I had two hives that queen was out. She was out roaming. I saw her instantly. Uh, so she got acclimated to the, uh, to the, both of those hives. And then that was a beautiful thing. Now the third hive was a little bit different. Uh, she was still in her cage. Uh, the fondant wasn't completely eaten through. And uh, at that point, it's well, it's like shit or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. So if she's still in her cage, and you have to evict her, which you did, which I did, I I I pulled her out of the I I I, I didn't pull her out physically like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be bad. No, I yeah I I opened up the cage the, the, the screen cork on the other side, cork on the other side, and then I, then even to make further measures, I pulled the screen off okay. of the of the box. And then did you put the the cage back in there, or do you just kind of tap her out of the cage? I I, I what I did for for a couple hours, I let her just the cage on top of the frames. She still didn't want to come out, mm-hmm. so I went back in and I kind of co- coaxed her out. Right, sure. Yeah, so yeah. I got her out. Um, and long story short, on that one. She didn't ever. She never got acclimated to those. And bees. I think as we talk about that hive, as the year progresses, I think you're calling it the welfare hive. Aren't yeah, you? that's my welfare hive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, sh- so at that point, so um, you release that queen, and uh, after three days, you've checked up on your other two boxes. Your queen is still there. 
the bees are starting to draw out the foundation mm-hmm. and they're starting to get on with the season of uh, turning a package into a colony. Yeah. And, you know, I know we'll touch on this later on through the year, but something I want to bring up now is that with what I have that, that third, that third hive, the, the third welfare hive is that drift drifting of the bees happened. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of my bees from that, that hive went to the other two packages is what the best assumptions that I could make at that point. And right. what you looked at, you thought as well. Yeah. Um, that is something that can happen. How'd you feel afterwards? You're you're anticipating all these bees coming in and getting things started, and then all of a sudden there are three colonies of bees in your bee yard. How does that? How did that feel? A uh, little, a uh, little bit nerve wracking, because you know it's um, leading up to it's always the romance of things. Yeah, we always romant- romanticize everything we do in life and. I was just thinking how great it's going to be, and you know, you know, we're gonna have you know rainbow farting unicorns, and <laughs> you know, just honey flowing everywhere, and, and there's still a ton of work to be done, and a ton of unknowns to figure out, and a bunch of problems to uh, work through, isn't there? Yeah, and then reality sets in. You finally get them. It's like, where do I go from here? Uh, when do I check on them next? Uh, you know, do I, do I gotta be out there every day? Do I gotta be out there every other day? Every other, you know week or and what, what, is, what did you decide in this early establishment phase how often were you checking back on the bees i've been checking on the bees every seven to ten days yeah that's good that that's what i've done um you know i just figured you know the more i don't on it the worse it's going to be for me yeah because you can sometimes make mountains out of molehills especially when you're first learning is you don't have a full understanding yet of of the honeybee biology the life cycles what to do when, even if you see a problem. So you can almost create more anxiety. Yeah. And so that's, you know, what I went with as far as my first year, uh, you know, this may sound bad, but if my bees die this year, they die this year. I want to make my first year, my observation year. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to die, but I want to observe what's going on with them and in nature and not try to, be constantly worried oh are they you know do they got mites are they going to die from those or you know right. are they sick do they have foul brood you know is there high poisoning going on what am i going to do to fix this i want to get my bees to last through the winter and yada 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 and the end goal is yes yes i would like for them to last through the winter but my biggest thing this year is observation and seeing where that that takes me um so that's you know what you know what i've gone through in my head is I don't want to overly don't on them. I just kind of want to be that observer watching them. Yeah. Cool. Now, Mr. Burns, you started this year with uh, nukes, correct? Yeah. So this year we we started off with nukes. We're, well, I'm sure we'll touch more um, about all this as we get further in the season, but uh, we lost all of our hives uh, last year uh, to mites. Um, and so we were starting from, from scratch again. Um, so, uh, we're really interested in and in getting a better understanding of small cell bees uh, to see what impact um, that they'll have uh, regarding the health and going back to natural sizes to see you know if there is truth to it um, or if there's not. Um, so uh, I reached out again to Don the Fat Bee Man and I went down to Georgia uh, to pick up our nukes and um, I went down to his place and uh, got to learn a lot from him in his yard and then pick up the nukes from Georgia. And then uh, you know bring them back here uh, to Ohio, 
And you know that can be a really tricky thing. Is well, how in the world do you drive somewhere and then get bees and bring them back? And like, how do you do that? You know, uh, now, how do you do that, Mister Burns? Well, yeah. <laughs> what we did is, is we you know we built transport nukes. Um, is really what they were. It's a solid bottom board um, that's screwed to a medium hive body that has um, a top lid that can also be screwed down. Uh, there's ventilation in the front and the back of the box. Um, so the bees won't get too hot. So when I went to Don's, I had you know my six nuke boxes ready, and I went through his yard and picked the you know picked through, um, and got you know frames of, of brood with a queen, with honey and pollen, and then set them in my boxes. Put the top lid on top, and then screwed the lid down. So is that what uh, what a nuke is? What you just described yeah, to us? It's a mini mini hive, pretty much. Exactly. It's 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 a hive ready to go. It's it's a nucleus colony. So it is the it's the beginnings of a of a full fledged production hive. The difference between a package and a nuke is a package has bees that are shaken from a variety of different hives um, that then have an unrelated queen, typically that goes in that package. They don't know each other. There's no history. There's no work that's been done yet. With a nucleus or a nuke. Uh, there, it's typically a five-frame box. You can get them mediums. You can get them deeps. Um, there's three, you know, you have three to four to five frames that are full of bees. Within there is also honey and pollen and brood, emerging brood and also young brood. Uh, in this situation, all the bees in that colony are, uh, you know, familiar with the queen. They're already so working. There already together. is a queen in there. There's already a queen in there. They're already established. They're already to, getting to work. Um, which is really great because then you can it you can get much further ahead in a season with a nuke um, than you can a package just because of timing. Where that gets a little bit trickier as you get up the further north you get, the more uh, valuable that is to you, especially within short seasons. Um, so I went to Don's. I, um, you know, even here in Ohio, you can order nukes from from folks here in Ohio. Um, you can order nukes from um, across the country. Um, those are the those guys will put those nukes together for you and then either ship them up to you um, or you'll go visit their, their bee yard and then pick those nukes, take them home. Um, but what you have is um, a small five-frame colony that's already established. And how many would you say are, are in a nuke compared to a package? Oh, there's uh, it, it probably depends on when what time of year it is and when those um, nukes were made. Um, like I said, my bees came from Georgia, so they're already like at least a month ahead of us, if not longer. Um, so they can get drones and things established. So there's, there, you can get a higher population um, out of, you know, maybe out of, out of some of those nukes versus um, you could get the same population if the nukes came from Ohio, but you would get them later on in the year uh, because of the weather. Um, so there's probably, you know, right around ten to 15,000 bees. Not, there's typically a little more bees in a nuke than there's going to be um, in, in, out of a three-pound package. Um, but what you also get is all the honey, all the pollen, all of the uh, eggs, larvae, cat brood, emerging brood. So your numbers are going to be exploding almost daily from the time that you, you bring that nuke home. Now you're bringing up uh, terms like brood and uh, cat brood and larvae. And for folks out there who don't really quite understand that terminology, do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah, we can. Let's do a. Uh, I tell you what, while we're doing these we hive can, basic shows, that's a whole show in itself, it right is. there. Yeah, let's let's tackle that in another uh, hive basic show. We can kind of unpack all those um, the, all those details there. But what it is, uh, in short, is a uh, they are all young bees in various cycles um, of 
that uh, physiological metamorphosis from an egg all the way up into a bee that's emerging and hatching out of a cell. Um, and so um, it's really handy when you're, you want to get a little further ahead with, your, um, with that year um, and they're usually not that much money. They're usually not that much. Packages are typically right around, you know, anywhere from seventy to one hundred twenty bucks, typically. Right, and I spend a hundred, hundred and fifteen per. Yeah, line. and you can also get smaller packages, like two pounds of bees and yeah. a queen, depending on what you want. Yep. But you know, like you said, the nice thing about the nukes is that now all the frames are already drawn out and already has all the brew. The you know. Yeah. The, You're paying for it. You know that nuke is yeah. you know one hundred fifty to to two hundred fifty bucks. Um, but you know, where like I said, we talked about is, is is timing is so tricky, especially here in Ohio. So I went down to Don's. I got those uh, the several five frame nuke boxes that were had laying queens, cat brood, young brood, nurse bees, and field bees, and drones. Bring those hives. Um, like I said, the the lid screws down, the bottom screws down. There's ventilation in the front and the back, and my particular lids had. Uh, cutouts on top for for further ventilation too and i rode with them in the cab of my truck all the way back to ohio now did you uh keep them fed while they were screwed down no because there's already honey in the boxes so yeah so so they're feeding on the honey on the way home which is the difference between packages and they didn't packages don't have these frames already built out right you know so yeah that makes sense yep so we bring I, i i get home um you know there's i don't even know how many Hundred more than one hundred forty thousand bees in the back seat of my truck <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> yeah, we escapes? all seen those Facebook videos of the guy that you know he has all these one bees bus in the, loose. Yeah. <laughs> one bus got loose and the front seat's covered with them. It's pretty intense because even when they're in the back seat, you can hear them humming away. They're just they're just they're yeah. just hum. And then what they do is when you put them in a new box. Uh, when I asked Don, what is that sound? He said, "You never heard that before." And I said, "No, because they're cleaning up the hive." When you first put them in the, into that new box, it sounds like Rice Krispie treats on the inside, <laughs> and they're just in there, just, just cleaning up the sides, and just sounds like. So they're in the back. They're they're in my back seat of my of my truck. Uh, they're all plotting against you. And they're just all making that sound. But what's neat is because of the style boxes that we use here. Because like you, dude, we feed with jar feeders through the top lid. So that top lid has a, just a piece of eighth inch hardware cloth. Um, for ventilation to keep the bees in and keep the heat going through you can when i'm driving i can put my hand you know into the back seat and feel on top of the hive and you can just feel all the heat radiating it's so intense so do you have your ac blasting the whole time not blasting because you know if if i I just think if i'm comfortable then they're going to be comfortable so i didn't want to get too cold and didn't want to have too much cold air you know blasting them Uh, and they did fine when i got home got them opened up i didn't have any dead bees um even even in those hives um, so, uh, yeah, so we, uh, got home and, um, got those, uh, those nuke boxes, set them onto my hive stands. Um, and then at that point, all I did was pop off the eighth inch screen that was covering the top hole and then dropped in quart jars of feed. And, you know, they were, they were ready to go. You know, when you're bringing back nukes and you're getting them established, you, like we, we're going to be talking about, you have to figure out, you know, why it is that you want to keep bees and that dictates what it is that you actually do with them. You say you popped in a mason jar. How do you let them get in and out? So in front of our hives, we have little entrance dials. Those entrance dials during transport are okay. vented. The back side, the opposing side of the of the hive, 
um, have like inch and eighth holes, inch and one eighth holes that are cut out with a piece of hardware cloth to keep the bees in, but they can also ventilate. Okay, so the nukes you traveled with are now their actual current hives. They're their current hives. Yep. So then, so there's no, you know, you can there's there's temporary nuke boxes you can buy. There's different ways you can do that, Um, but. You know, since we build all, build all of our own stuff, and it's just one last step I have to do. So I bring those wood boxes, have the frames put in, get them home, set them on my stand, um, and then I go ahead and, and uh, put the quart jar feeder on top, and then open the dial from vent to open. Um, and if you haven't seen those yet, I'm sure we're going to be posting videos and things of, of our yards and what things look like. But it's a little plastic disc with a screw right in the center. Um, and as you turn the, that disc, you can, you can ventilate, you can have a, a clear opening. One can even be a queen excluder, but I turn it to all the way open and the bees can fly out and they do their initial orientation flight. Have you ever used the uh, cardboard transport nukes or cardboard nukes? Yeah. The, the, the first year we used the, the easy nuke boxes and those, those worked out great too. Um, I feel personally more comfortable with, a wooden box that's screwed down, the lid screwed down, the mm-hmm. bottom screwed down, um, than those corrugated plastic boxes. Um, but that's just a personal, um, you know, preference, okay. kind of a thing. But we get the boxes on the stands, we get them fed, we open them up, they fly right out, they do the orientation flight, so they can kind of set their GPS locators to where home is. They do that, and they start um, the, the the worker bees that are in that hive start flying off, and they they go to work immediately. Now, we both talked about getting the bees fed. Do you want to touch on quickly what it is that we're feeding the bees with? Right. So we're feeding them sugar water. Um, and, you know, there's different ratios um, of sugar to water that you can mix up. We tend to go more on the heavy side, uh, more of like a two, two to one to a three to one ratio. Um, and it's just in volume. If we're two parts of sugar, we have one part water. Um, so we kind of mix that a little bit heavy to where it's usually like a two and a half to one, two and a half part sugar one part water and what what sugar water does is and why it's so important during establishment um, especially with a package is those bees the, the bees need the carbohydrates they need they need to be able to make wax um, so having that early sugar source there for them um, sure it, it's definitely not as nutritionally dense um, uh, or as rich as them going out and getting nectar um, but typically when we're starting off uh, bees um, in Ohio we're always trying to get in at the, as, as soon as we possibly can. And so most of the time, it's still just a touch early for a lot of the early nectar sources and definitely pollen sources. So feeding helps carry them along so they can get established, um, so they can have those carbohydrates, so they can build the wax platelets and start to, to actually draw out the foundation. Um, and so the, the same thing in a nuke. Yes, there's pollen and honey already in the nuke, um, but... In this case, because I've we spent time trying to figure out why we want to have bees, that helps us dictate what we do as far as management. So some of these um, some of these boxes were uh, designated for breeders, and some were for 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 production. So we've taken um, some of those uh, and used them just to keep making splits to grow the bee yard, and then we've held some aside just for production, just so we can make honey off them. So we're doing two separate things, but we're doing them with different hives. We're not trying to make honey and make numbers out of the same boxes. We've kind of separated that. and we, So mentally, we have a different approach for each one of those. 
Now, when you came home with your uh, nukes, you set them up in the bee yard. Everything was set. Did you go in there and inspect them immediately, or was there a time period you waited for them to get established before there, you actually went in there? So day one, you know, I, I have, when I bring them and set them on the stand, I'm, I'm opening. I get them established first. Okay. I open the open the entrance, let them um, let them fly out, get a cleansing flight in, um, because you know bees just like us, they eat and then they have to go to the bathroom. Everything poops. Everything poops. Um, and so that's the first thing I did is, is let them uh, get out, orientate themselves to the hive, do a cleansing flight. They can get to work. And then I also have a lot less bees fly up my face when I want to open up the lid. Open up the lid, check through, make sure I didn't, didn't crush a queen, things like that. Once I see the queen and there's eggs, I know, okay, I'm good to go. Everyone's healthy and happy. Close the lid back up, put my sugar syrup jar on top. And at that point, I don't have to do anything for a little while. So is this a 12-hour window, 24 hours? What are we looking at here? That was a straight drive home. So it was uh, probably right around nine and a half hours or so um, back from Don's. I left, I left um, oh, about midday from Don's. Got up here, you know, it's probably just a little before 10 o'clock. They're in the back of the truck. Okay. Um, um, and I, I took them out of my truck. And just put them um, under roof. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't that a week full of rain? Yeah, and that was we had 15 days of straight rain. I put them on under roof, not because the hives can't get wet, but at that point, there there's no sugar jars to plug up the hole in their lid, so the the, the lid in their hole is exposed, which has the so a wet bees, a cold bee, and a cold bee is a dead bee. Yeah, wet bees are dead bees um, for sure. So um, so I, I put them here in the workshop under the roof. Um, and then the first thing in the morning, I went ahead and set them on the stands and then opened them up. And then um, everyone was fine. We can talk about all the things that we do from that point later. But I think it's just important to, to just say that we had some hives that were set up to keep making bees from. And we had some hives that were just for production to make honey. And um, that's, that's how we did it. So nukes are way easier. You know, they're already an established colony. They're already ready to go. They already have the numbers. The queen is already familiar more importantly, the, the the workers and nurse bees are already familiar with the queen. She's laying, um, and immediately it's it's there's there's like very little disruption in that process. So you can get a little bit further along. It costs you you know about twice as much. Um, but if depending on what your goals are, that's kind of dictates you know kind of what you do. So I mean, well, I can see the definite benefits of doing that. Uh, just watching my packages and how far is that sets me back compared to where you start at. I mean, that's what a good whole month right there. You, you got on me. Yeah. If not more. Exactly. And so I see in my highs, there's, there were already drones. So if, if your goal is to, to make numbers, I already have drones in my hives, which helps. We'll talk about that later as we get into the, the life cycle of the honeybee and things like that. But the, the new hives are just way further advanced. They're already, they're, they're a, a, a mini hive ready to rock and roll. Um, they're already ready to go. So you you can bypass all of the early establishment phase of a package that has no familiar queen and has no drawn foundation. Now the nukes have five frames, correct? Yeah. So building that out, you can build out faster a nuke and add on boxes than a package, or not just a package. But so my packages are in a eight frame eight frame uh, Langstroth hive. Yeah. So I imagine you having a five frame hive, which is smaller, you can oh it's super easy. So you could either with you could bring a five frame uh, nuke home, and you could stack a box on top, 
and not touch it for a, a, a decent amount of time if that if your goal was to make honey. Mm-hmm. So you, there's more you have more flexibility uh, in deciding what you want to do. Well, if you bring a new comb, I mean, you can certainly make a lot of honey that same year. You can certainly right. make a lot of splits that same year. But whether you're going to either stack a box or make a split, you can do it a lot faster when you have that smaller space to work with. And depending on where out in the country you live, that might make or break you making honey at all for yourself first year in the package. Some folks say, oh, you should never take honey from a first year. You know, I, I think once you understand the life cycle of the bee and you get more familiar with that, there are certainly guys who can take a package and they can get to where they're making splits and making more colonies out of that package and they certainly can make honey too. But as a beginner, I think like you're doing, it's I think it's important to have um, achievable goals to where let's get these bees home, let's get them in a box and let's just learn and observe uh, throughout the year. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's one, you know, other way that folks um, can get bees and it's catching swarms. And I don't know, Dan, have you, have you ever caught a swarm? I tried this year half-assed. I built a couple swarm traps. How, how'd that work? I don't have a swarm. Yeah. Have you caught one, Greg? I have. Uh, I also have a bunch of swarm traps out and for whatever reason, they don't go to the swarm traps. But if I have an empty box on a hive stand last year... Um, we had a really, we had a, a hive that went queenless, and um, I had maybe a f- half a frame of bees left. And then um, the next day, I went to the box just to kind of move stuff around and get the box cleaned out. And there were bees everywhere in it. I'm thinking, what in the world happened? There's no way this hive turned around. <laughs> and I go through and I look around, and I found this beautiful jet black queen. I mean, jet black queen. She was gorgeous. Um, and I thought, well, I'm not sure what exactly happened. And then the next day I realized, oh, I had a, I had a swarm that just took residence in that box. And uh, we can talk about down that a little bit later. But she, um, so a, a swarm, whether it was a, a feral colony from a tree somewhere, whether it was from an, an early spring swarm from, from another beekeeper's yard in the area, who knows. But um, they, they, came into a, they came into one of my boxes, took residence. And um, they actually didn't stay very long there, and that's we can talk about that later when we get into small cell bees and large cell bees and 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 that kind of so thing. So, as a first year beekeeper, would you recommend even trying to get catch a swarm or no? No, I wouldn't. Well, you know, I don't know. It, it, it almost it, seems like it's a bonus bonus feature. It of depends bees. on yeah. it, it depends on on you know how everyone's at a different place when they start. It's not just usually at the same spot. Some folks are more ambitious some folks are more uh, some folks are more reserved so I, I'd, I'd never tell someone not to do something but um, I I put zero almost zero focus on catching swarms um, not because I don't think free bees are awesome I just from my experience um, you know setting up swarm traps checking on swarm traps um, and things like that I can make a lot more bees a lot faster by putting that time into crowding out my current beehives, making splits, working right in my own bee yard with my own genetics. Um, there's definitely something to be said, though, um, about catching swarms and introducing different genetics. Yes, unless they're coming, absconding from a hive due to mite pressure or other things like that. Who, yeah, exactly. You just, you'd never... It, it's, it, a, it's a playing Russian it's a box of chocolates. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so, so catching swarms is another way to get bees. You can get free bees, which is... Um, that usually meets everyone's budget. Um, and if you have extra boxes laying around, you know, you're almost silly not to set some up um, to catch some newbies um, and kind of, um, 
you know, see what happens. But my my experience in catching swarms, like I said, is limited to that that one time where uh, some beautiful bees moved in and then hit the bricks, um, you know, not too soon after. So my first year, I was more worried about just keeping my bees alive other than trying to get more, and that was my right. first year goal. Yep. So. So, well, cool. I think that hopefully folks will get a little better understanding on what it's like to install a package, what it's like what it's like to install a nuke, and that'll lay some groundwork for folks and give them uh, a little bit more confidence yeah. um, to kind of, you know, make those make those uh, choices. Yeah, you know, confidence is, is everything. Um, uh, you know, going into the whole, you know, installing a package for me was nerve-wracking, even though everyone I talked to said, it's the easiest thing in the world. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But to me, never doing it, I was like, oh, I don't feel confident in this. You have 10,000 critters with stingers. Yeah. I mean. Why wouldn't I be nervous? <laughs> so. But seriously, once you see the first the first time you ever see it done, you're like, I got this. Yeah. It's nothing. Well, hopefully that'll give folks a little uh, more understanding of at least what it's like for us to install packages and nukes uh, to give them maybe some foundation on you know what to expect when you're expecting bees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bump. Well, thanks again for uh, for tuning in and uh, checking the show out. Yeah, we'd love to know how you guys installed your packages, if you did something different, what your experiences were. Uh, you can go on, over to the Facebook page and uh, share it with us, and uh, definitely love to hear what you have to say. Even if you hate what we're doing. I'd like to hear that, too. It's That's the fun thing is, you know, yeah, we're, we're three beginning beekeepers from Ohio sharing our experience, but... It's great to learn what other folks are doing in Ohio or even across the across and across the world uh, on how they're interacting with their bees, what they're doing to get started. You know, because we all have to start somewhere from and, the beginning, and from the beginning is usually the best spot. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So follow us, follow us on all the things, Facebook, InnerTubes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it does anything for liking and subscribing, but everyone always says like and subscribe, like and subscribe. So maybe we'll just say. <laughs> Like and subscribe. <laughs> Give us an iTunes review of five stars. Well, anything, it's on the internet, so it must be true. You know, if anything, it, it lets us know. You know, uh, if folks appreciate what we're doing, if it's if it's valuable, if it's helpful, and uh, if you guys have any uh, feedback, what we can do better, please let us know. Because what we're trying to do is, um, you know, share our experience so folks uh, can build some confidence and I can have a better experience starting off. So as always, be the change. Keep it contrary. Hasta luego, muchacha. Huh? Eh? Si habla espanol. Fancy Dan and his fancy languages. <laughs> but um. <laughs> hey, Dan. Yes, what are we Greg? listening to? You're listening to The Contrary Beekeeper Show. I'm Dan. I'm Greg. And I'm James. Join us as we journey into beekeeping. While we learn to be the change... One hive at a time. Wow. He's James now. That's awesome. I love it. Ooh, is Jimbo gone? Is Jim dead and James is alive? Jim died. You just said James. I know I did. I said change your name back in my phone to James instead of Jim because I I was trying to keep it to Jim. Did on purpose. I did on purpose. Are you just trying to keep people guessing who you really are? I did on purpose.